This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop doing an at-home interview right now with Will Putney. He, uh, his band End just released Splinters from an Ever-Changing Face, available now on Closed Casket. He's a musician for Fit for an Autopsy, also a producer, uh, worked on, you know, so many albums we've played on Metal Shop. After the Burial, Knocked Loose, Stray from the Path, Harm's Way, Vain, Winds of Plague, dozens and dozens more, um, and, and uh, you know, I guess he's he's doing the whole stay home, stay safe thing as well. But I, I think at home, he has his own studio. Is that right? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, man. You're um, welcome. So, uh, yeah, I've been building out a studio spot. We just moved earlier in the year, and I'm in the process of getting my new home base set up. But I do have uh, a control room, and I'm getting some work done here, so can't complain. Uh, this past weekend, you did a two-day marathon stream uh, live stream uh, this past weekend um, on your Twitch. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it and, and, and like how did it go and, and what was the idea for it and and I guess how tired were you at the end? Yeah, sure. So it took a bit, took a bit of time and effort to put together, but we did um, you know we did a two day event called We Can Do Better, where um, the collection of artists and managers, labels um, that I had on as guest speakers. Um, kind of people from all different walks of life, you know, different upbringings, different tax packets. And um, we just kind of got into what's going on on the ground with some of the protests. Mm -hmm. We got into some more serious conversations, addressed some issues about how to tackle things, you know, how to, how to combat racism within your family, like how, you know, how, you know, white people should potentially address themselves, how, you know, we got a lot of insight into black community and, and people of color and musicians who have shared some struggles. And, you know, it was a, it was a, about 16 hours of interviews and conversations over two days. And um, it's super insightful. Yeah. Everybody kind of learned a ton from each other. All this was kind of pulled together with a big charity raffle with over, a hundred artists from the hardcore metal world participating, and yeah, we raised we raised a ton of money. I think we hit sixty thousand dollars by oh, the end crap. of it, and um, yeah, it was it was an awesome event. It's it's um, going around. It's still online. We rebroadcasted it, so if anybody awesome. wants to check it out, yeah, um, you can search for me, Will Putney, or or the We Can Do Better event, or uh, it's still up on Soundrink Live right now. So, but it was an awesome learning experience and. Really happy that, uh, really proud of my community for everybody coming on and participating. I mean, you had Ice T on there, right? 
I did. I had ice tea on there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty huge. So I mean, the, all all kinds of different musicians, and then motherfucking ice tea. So that's that's a, a get there. So very awesome. Um, okay, so uh, your album, uh, the end record, which is uh, kind of highly anticipated and and. Um, Awesome record, by the way. Uh, Splinters from an ever-changing face. It was released last week, um, but as a lot of protests were going on, you guys decided to put out a statement essentially saying, like, hey, it's out there, but we're not going to do, like, a hard sell on it right now. Um, what guys? What made you guys decide to kind of take this step back, take like, kind of the back seat from the hard promotion mode and, and just kind of go, hey, check it out if you want to? What, what made you guys uh, take that move? Uh, well, I think, you know, I, there's just a lot of, you know, the members of and the members of and are pretty active um, with what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And we were planning this event and my guys are at a protest. Everyone's doing their own sort of nonprofit stuff. And um, the climate of like promoting a band just didn't feel great to anybody. You know, yeah. um, we felt like we would get in the way of there's a lot of dialogue on social media more than I've maybe ever seen in my life about the current events, updates of what was going on, new speeds, like, and everyone was trying to kind of get a grip on the situation in America. And we didn't um, feel good about like getting away of any of that stuff or trying to sell our own records and in this time. So we just decided to just kind of be quiet about it for a second. Yeah. Um, we did announce that the record was out cause we had just had to. Um, yeah. But we just donated, We, you know, instead of self-promoting, we just said if you buy anything, you know, this is like through release weekend, we'll just donate all the money. So we kind of turned it into more of a charitable event than, um, you know, like a cash grab for us at, at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the label felt the same way. Yeah. You know, I, I know Close Casket also very active uh-huh. and sort of working with a lot of nonprofit stuff right now. And we, they're pushing out tons of uh, nonprofit shirts and records. They just released a record on Friday um, from a bank called Regional Justice Center called uh, KKK Tattoo, which is a really interesting story and, and, a, and a really well-written song. And they're just donating all that. So he's shipping all that stuff. And um, we just, yeah, we were just so busy with this. We all agreed, like, uh, maybe let's just get out of the way for a second here, you know. But totally. you know, the record's out. Feedback's good. People, people found it. I think you know we're lucky that we had some fan, enough fans that followed us. So when the record was initially announced, it still did well, and we were still able to like, you know, people found it on their own anyway, which was cool. But uh, we all felt a lot better, um, kind of getting out of the way for this week, you know. No, I hear that, and and and. You have a good point. I mean, with no real distractions out there, no baseball, no no football, no basketball, it's all eyes are on that. And, and the last thing you would want to do is kind of just throw something that'll dilute the the uh, conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of where we landed, and we all just didn't feel we we just didn't feel great about taking away from what what was going on. I mean, if maybe one of the first times in a while we were starting to see actual progress in America. Totally. And um, I was like, let's, let's just lean into that and, and be supportive of um, the community and the Black Lives Matter movement. And let's let's not try to sell hardcore records for yeah. this week. You know? Yeah. Um, 
Well, okay, so I, I kind of have a follow-up question about that. So, like, some artists, um, I guess, maybe don't feel comfortable making a statement, using their platform to make a statement, and then others feel maybe it's necessary or important to do so. Uh, where do you fall in, in line with that? Uh, I think it's very necessary now. It, it should have been necessary in the past, you know. And, you know, I've always, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but at least I've always tried to tie in some nonprofit work or or use the use the bands as platforms to kind of deliver you know socially aware messages throughout the years um and i could understand not everybody's uh, is a political guy not everybody digs deep into these social issues or is um you know extremely well articulate or educated in in you know understanding what's going on yeah and i'm no i'm not an expert either you know but i know I've got enough, there's enough kids that follow the bands and the music that I make and stuff where, you know, I can at least find a way to do my part at the moment. And I think everybody needs to realize that right now also moving forward. It's like, there's no more time to just sit around and be complacent mm-hmm. and silent. And, you, and I'm, I'm happy to see it. I mean, I do see plenty of bands that normally, um, that normally kind of sit back and, and are quiet when things go band the world because their bands aren't really motivated to to really dig into social issues, maybe they write about different stuff or whatever. But I I am seeing a lot more musicians kind of take the reins and figure out ways to, you know, join the join a movement and create positive change. Yeah. But um, yeah, at this point, people are starting to notice that people are quiet. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be reflective. I think long term, uh, people aren't going to forget who just kind of sat by uh, while while everybody else you know, took up arms for, for this cause. So, totally. you know, I, I can't see for me, it's just, again, you know, who I, who I am. I always thought I was always, I was a kid who grew up, you know, I'm a Rage Against Machine kid. You know, yeah. I, always, uh, I always respected using uh, your platforms to deliver messages and, that, and the music that I like gravitates towards that also, because if, if you're not saying anything important, lyrics don't really, um, do much for me, you know, any, any more in my life. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. Absolutely. I mean, and also, like, just to kind of wrap that all up is we're also still in the middle of a pandemic, and 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 that's been crazy too. How was um how has the last few months been for you since March? You know, um, have you had um albums to work on? Um, are you you know you you said that you're kind of building out your studio. How have you been staying busy and and uh, I guess more importantly, how have you been staying safe and, and sane? Yeah, we um we actually. I was traveling in February and March, in the beginning of March, doing a, a in Buffalo, a, a recording in a band called Every Time I Die. And uh, when I got home, awesome. this all this all kind of hit over here. I still had a record plan, so we actually actually quarantined myself with a band at my studio. Whoa! And through April, basically, and made a record. And I just kind of lived there with the band yeah. to get it done um, because we didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, I, I, I guess I didn't have the, now I have the hindsight, but I didn't know how long-term of an issue this was actually going to be in our area, you yeah. know, yeah. New Jersey's, you know, our studio is only five miles out of New York city. So, mm. it, and that was like ground zero for a lot of this stuff. And, um, it was, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we're like, well, we can all just 
quarantine ourselves here for a month, so we might as well go for it. And that's what we did. Totally. And now I'm home, and um, I've canceled a bunch of, you know, we, we've shifted our schedule. I moved a bunch of records to the fall, and I'm kind of just trying to get the studio done in downtown now. But it's cool because it's freed up a lot of time to work on some of this nonprofit stuff right now, which I think um, is important. And uh, luckily I'm still able to sustain myself with some mixing and, mm-hmm. you know, work, work from home. So it, uh, it, it, it didn't, it didn't go as bad for me as I'm sure it is for a lot of small business owners out there right now. Cause yeah. luckily I'm not retail based or I don't have to, um, I don't have to worry about people coming into my restaurant or, you know, so I definitely feel for, I know a lot of my friends and a lot of, a lot of small business owners are probably, you know, heavily impacted by what what's happening right now. So it's, it's a shame, but yeah, I've, I'm fortunate. You know, can't can't really complain about any of that. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad that you're kind of you're still staying busy uh, amidst the chaos. Um, <clears throat> so. And, uh, like, again, the album is called Splinters from an Ever-Changing Face, available now on Closed Casket. You can pick it up, support the band. Um, I'm curious about the backstory of the band, because obviously Fit for an Autopsy, you guys are, like, a highly successful, you know, typically during a normal time you'd be a, a touring machine. Um, but, you know, uh, did End kind of start as a side project, or how did the project kind of get started? Why don't you give me, like, kind of the... Um, you know, cliff note version of the uh, origin story. Sure. I mean, I do, I, you know, I, I was kind of doing a metal band and um, my buddy Brendan, who's a singer of N was, was in a different kind of, was in another band called counterparts. And yeah, we always kind of, we had like a shared um, interest and passion for the style of music that N plays, but we weren't really getting that outlet with our project. Uh-huh. And just over the years, I had a bunch of, I've worked with a bunch of artists who were, you know, in a similar position where when I thought about doing and I realized like, oh, these guys are either just doing studio work now or they're not in touring bands and stuff. So the idea came up to be like, hey, we all, I know a bunch of, I know a bunch of guys who like this style of music who aren't, who, who would probably be down to do a band. And I kind of just put together, just made a few phone calls and put together a little group of of my friends who I knew would like bring a lot to the table for a project like this always had interest in doing a band like this, but never really, you know, had a chance to execute it. And, you know, that's really what it was just born out of. We just all, it's all kind of more seasoned guys who knew this genre really well, who wanted to who always had an itch to write these kind of songs. So that, it, it initially started just like that, you know, you Frankensteined a metalcore beast. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> I like it, dude. That's awesome. Dude. Kind of like picking in people from from all the you know albums you've probably worked on. You're like, hey, this would go well, and and then you come up with a super group, and that's been rad, man. You remember that VH1 show that had like Sebastian Bach and Scott Ian from Anthrax on it, and they all had to create this like really corny band. That's like the bad yeah. version of what you did. Yeah, on the smaller <laughs> scale, um, I'm glad. I think. The supergroup term is weird because well, I said it. You, 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 you probably wouldn't feel comfortable saying it. I, I'll say it, but uh. yeah, I mean, to me, it's a genre that is defined by not being rock stars. You for know? sure, and for like, sure. Yeah, it's just due to I know love this music who would 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 kick ass, you know, making it, and that's where where it really came from. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, I'm happy that. 
I'm just happy that people are into it. And then we didn't get lumped in with like side project stigma or anything like that. Um, And now I think with the spalling, it's sort of got its own lane and identity and it feels a little more separate from our other work and projects Mm -hmm. than than it was when the band started, you know, when we first did this, that's all people wanted to talk about. And now it seems like people don't even, now that now people are finding the the band and the album who don't even know about what we, what else we do, you know, which I think is cool. Uh, How long did the, did you work on the album from start to finish? Like how long did it take to, to get this done? Uh, we, we kind of spent about a, three weeks to a month working on it. Okay. I don't know the exact time, but we've had the record done for a long time. We yeah. actually sat on it for uh, probably over a year before it actually came out. Just oh, wow. because everybody's studio schedules and touring schedules were, um, you know, it's hard to align all five of us to actually get a tour together. And then we did get a tour together to put the record out, and then <laughs> and then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't happen anyway. But, um you know, it's cool. I mean, we definitely want to be more active on, on this record and tour more. And um, well, I, I, I was just, I was excited that we had an opportunity to do it. So we did have a release lined up around it, but hopefully we'll be able to reschedule everything once the world gets back to some kind of normal, you know? Yeah. Um, so were, did you produce the album? I did. Yeah. I, um, my other guitarist, Greg, who's also um uh, a record producer out of Connecticut worked out, worked on a little bit, but we did it all in my studio and, um, yeah, I wound up producing it and mixing it and everything. Is it, uh, is it difficult for you to work on your own bands as a producer? Do you get like heavy into the minutia and end up spending way more time on it? Than- uh, it, it used to be, I think a little more I, in the past. I would sort of feel more pressure when I was doing my own stuff. Cause I thought I would be like, maybe, judge harsher for it or something yeah. um because it's my band and uh, production but uh no in the past few years i've kind of just realized that uh if i'm writing music and or recording music for myself i'm just gonna do whatever i want okay. at this point because nice. i only I, it's supposed to be an outlet for me and it's supposed to be fun and um i don't really care if people yeah. like it it's just it's selfishly for me i'm glad people like it but if you thought it sucked it would be totally fine too (laughs) word man well uh i don't want to take up too much of your time today i know you're a busy dude so i just have a couple more questions for you um and uh growing up uh i mean obviously you probably were super influenced by hardcore metal and and i'm sure there's all kinds of different influences in there as well uh if you could and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you could put pick four albums that have made like a direct and like positive impact on your life. Ooh, four albums. Okay. Um, four. I'll go with Pennywise. I'm going with Pine. Okay. Nice. Uh, Hatebreed. Satisfaction is a death of desire. That's a blueprint, man. Yeah. 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 Um, ooh, a couple more, a couple more. What do we got? Okay, a little, a little bit. Um, go to your, the way of all flesh. About oh. 10 years old now, but. It, so heavy. It, that record really, really, uh, got me inspired to do, do, to take my metal band in a, in a certain way, and I was, that one was a big one. Any one more. Um, Jane Doe, Converge. Yeah. So that was the, for, 
uh, the artsier side of hardcore that was kind of a that kind of blew it open for me a little bit and uh i think kind of brought in some of my my uh taste and interest in music you know at a younger age there's four there's probably more there's so many more but that, that's the first four nice dude uh so you're from new jersey did you grow up going to some pretty gnarly hardcore shows I did. I did very well. I did a lot. Did you did you get smashed in the face at like E Town and Fury of Five shows? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the first shows I went to was a Fury of Five show in Marysbury Park. And I did not know what that was at the time. And then I experienced and then it happened to me. And you get windmilled <laughs> so, and you're like, No Yeah, shows shows aren't what they well, shows aren't anything right now, but the modern day hardcore show is not what it used to be. Right. (laughs) Those early those shows in the nineties in New Jersey were were definitely something to see. It was a different different time. Well, I guess going along with that, my final question for you if uh, if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar. Scar my body. Well, my biggest one is I have a giant one on the top of my head. Okay. Because I fell down a flight of stairs like an idiot. I Jesus. slipped in the rain, and um, I need fifty-seven staples across the top of my head. Holy. Yeah, if I shaved my head, I'd look like a cra- I'd look insane. But um, yeah, that didn't feel good. I had to get. Uh, I don't know if you know how medical staples work, but imagine a staple gun. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's what it is. So you just get your, you just get stapled for a while. Um, so that 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 sucked and it leaves a big scar. But uh, holy, it was in the middle of producing a record too, so uh, it presented some challenges <laughs> at the time. But what album? Yeah, I, uh, it was. It was a long time ago. It was this band, uh, The Human Abstract. Oh, I know uh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them. Yeah, yeah. We were doing. Um, I think it's called Digital Veil, I think it's called. Yeah. And uh, it just ha- it was just the middle of the day making that record, and it happened. And um, Holy crap. Yeah, I felt bad because those guys, you know, at the time I hadn't really made a lot of records um, for, like, label bands, and they, they had traveled from California and uh-huh. stuff. And, and I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to send them home or anything, so I kind of worked through that. I think I only missed a day of work and then just got back to it. I remember, like... <sighs> Having to record vocals with earbuds because I couldn't put headphones over my head, and it was a disaster. But um, it came out cool. I, we got it done. So, well, did you have like a gnarly concussion and stuff too? Um, I don't. I, th- I don't remember if I had a concussion. I know I passed out at one point. Jesus um, Christ! They did a bunch of scans on me. I'm fine. Nothing. <laughs> luckily, nothing long term or 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 you know. It just looks crazy. Permanent happened. Just a crazy scar, yeah. But that's a good one. It's a good nice. scar. All right, man. Right on. Well, uh, uh, thanks a lot, man. Will Putney from End from Fit for an Autopsy. And what's the name of your studio? Uh, Graphic Nature. Graphic Nature Studio. You can check out tons of his albums. He has a, a very large Wikipedia with all the records that he's worked on. You can definitely check that out. And actually, that's a good question. Is Wikipedia right with all your stuff? Have you ever looked at your Wikipedia and you're like, nah, that's wrong? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Let's go. Let's go have a let's go have a look. I'm gonna <laughs> guess. I'm gonna guess it's probably close, but probably missing a few. I don't even know who updates Wikipedia. I think we tried to find this out at one point. Uh, it's the deep state. That's they do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it kind of stopped updating 
I don't know. It's missing about a hundred records, but Jesus. If All you right. want to see what I do, just follow me on the on the old social media. I always keep it updated. There you go, man. And uh, again, the new record is I'll call it Splinters from an Ever Changing Face, uh, available on Closed Casket Records. Uh, do you have any uh, final words for the Northwest audience before we let you go? Uh, hopefully, we can get out there on tour soon. Looking forward to playing over there, and yeah. uh, everyone who's checked out any of the records I've done or. Listen to any of my bands. I always appreciate the support. It's very humbling to be able to have a career making music that you love. So I never take that for granted. And, you know, people, the people who listen to these records and buy these records are the reason I exist. So thank you. Absolutely, man. And uh, have a good one and, and stay safe and stay sane, man. Awesome, man. You too. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one, Will. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.